0: You're listening to the Tool Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 32 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockolds, And I'm delighted to welcome onto the line Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Tool Station Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you?
1: Yeah, another, another good week. I'm doing all right, thanks. And you?
0: Not bad, not bad. We're in week two of my daughter's birthday. Oh, yeah and um you know we were, out. we're very much so yeah, yeah. i mean I'm, I'm sure everybody including the listeners are looking forward to week three mm-hmm. i know i am um yes we we went we went to bracknell what a place Ooh, to like- go um, but they, there you go. Um, so, yes, so I'm, I'm in desperate need of talking about some Tool Station Western League football. Um, on tonight's uh, podcast, we hear from Danny Lewis, the manager of Saltash United, our Premier Division leaders, of course. And also, Hallen, they've had an in and out season. We hear from their manager, of course, a, a favourite on the Tool Station Western League podcast, Stuart Jones. We're going to kick off, Tom, by talking about the fixtures on Saturday, the 11th of March. And we will start at um, Bridgewater for a meeting of two big Somerset teams, of course, Bridgewater United and Shepton Mallet. And it was a close affair.
1: Yeah, it well, was. There's just one goal to split them in this one. So, a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a tight tussle, you could say. And it was Bridgewater who just about hung on to, to win by a goal to nil. Obviously vital in their their title challenge, and it was 36th minute where the goal came, and that was Connor Hartley uh, beating the visiting keeper after winning a 50-50 just outside the box. So uh, yeah, um, good good work by Connor, uh, popped the ball in the back of the net, and uh, yeah, as I say, Bridgewater managed to managed to hold on during the second half. Obviously Shepton, one of the one of the other top sides in in the league, so this was always likely to be quite tight on paper, and that was how it played out. But it was Bridgewater who came home by a goal to nil well the next game wasn't quite as tight
0: uh it was high-flying mausel they were away to ilfakum town and um the, the away fans certainly went home happy
1: tom they did yeah big big away win this one and uh yeah mausel uh, i think this was 14 league wins on the bounce now so yeah they're going um yeah, going great guns aren't they uh, it was a pretty tight affair, uh, but it was uh, around the half time period where they suddenly suddenly went ahead. Jack Bray scoring either side of the interval, so uh, yeah, as I say, opening scoring right at the end of the first half, just one goal uh, splitting the sides at the uh, at the break. Uh, he then scored again early in the second half, and from there it was uh, yeah, Mazzal pushed on, Hayden Turner uh, scoring twenty minutes from time to really put the game to bed, uh, and then it was Reese Thompson wrapping things up in uh, in stoppage time. So the Seagulls win by four goals to nil. Another big away win. Um, was for Saltash United. They
0: travelled to Keynesham Town.
1: Yeah, another another of our uh, title challenges, banging in the goals, and it was a 5-1 win for Saltash. But uh, yeah, they did uh, they actually come from behind to win this one against the bottom side. So uh, yeah, it's um, interesting, interesting start. Uh, it was a penalty inside the opening 10 minutes, putting the putting the bottom side ahead. Uh, but yeah, Saltash managed to to get back on level terms pretty soon after, uh, and uh, Adam Carter and Callum O'Brien say so scoring in quick succession. midway through the first half putting them 2-1 up and uh, yeah from there they didn't really look back Uh, uh, 17 minutes uh, the final 17 minutes that is of the the game is where they uh, they scored the rest of their goals Uh, and that was uh, yeah let's say George Spencer coming on uh, pretty soon after (laughs) gives one of his first touches uh, getting getting the third Uh, and then Alex Cairo and Danny Lewis himself uh, scoring scoring the uh, the fifth goal uh, who I'm sure you're going to uh, tell us all about in a sec well, I mean, what are three games we've had to introduce
0: this week's Premier Division coverage? Of course, Bridgewater, who have been doing so well over the course of this season, you know, Mousel, who are now on a real charge, and Saltash, who, you know, remain at the top of the division, you know, three teams sort of locked in combat, really, in this eternal race for the Western League Premier Division. Um we haven't heard from Danny Lewis for a while, so I thought it was good a good time um, to get Danny back onto the podcast. And we started off, of course, by talking about that comprehensive win at Kingsham. I asked Danny whether the performance was as comfortable as the scoreline suggests.
2: Not at all Ian, really. I thought for the first minutes, Kingsham played excellent, obviously a young team all very very coached, all very well drilled and especially especially on on I for for the first twenty minutes, they caused us a lot of problems. They actually had one cleared off a line early and then they and then they scored but um yeah, for me they were good for twenty twenty five um but it and it took a little bit of us to figure it out, but as soon as we equalized and then we went in front fairly quickly afterwards from memory um, it was comfortable-ish from that point onwards but like what I said I was very very impressed in them in terms of how they tried tried to, to try to play and I think a lot of them will have a good feature in the game
0: yeah, I've seen them this season and I actually thought they were, you know, certainly a much better team than their league position would suggest. And the the artificial service is an interesting one, isn't it? Because, of course, so many teams now train on plastic pitches that actually, <laughs> and what probably would have been an advantage in, in previous seasons now, I've seen teams that are, you know, wh- who want to get the ball down at Canesham. Actually, it, you know, it's almost as much of a, as a hindrance as it is as a help to the home side.
2: For us on, on the weekend, we've got a lot of players now who are technically able so it was just the case for us as a strategy angle just putting as many of our technicians as it were on the pitch together and obviously like like what you just said a lot of these technical players are all used to playing on 4G pitches and and, uh, they're all from academy setups so yeah for those style of players it does 100% suit them
0: now, you've been in fantastic form since the turn of the year and, and actually fantastic goal-scoring form as well. What do you put that down to?
2: Um, togetherness. Um, I think, obviously, pre-Christmas, we had um, a wobble. Um, like what I said to the lads at that time, all teams have a, have a wobble. It's not as if anyone in this league or any league wins every single game and they steamroll a the league. That and hardly ever happens. so we had our wobble um, and then it was just a case of togetherness really and just you know just had to focus on us and just certainly from that first win which um, came home to Weybridge in the Cup and then we went to Cadbury, Cadbury Heath away um, in January which is obviously a very very tricky place to go and you know ever since ever since then it's just felt like we are a very together and a very tight knit squad.
0: Yeah, because your league leaders at the moment, I mean, do you think you can stay there until the end of the season?
2: That's, that is that is a question, Ian, I've been asked um, quite a lot, um, especially as the games have moved from 10 games to 8 games left, 6 games left, and I think now in the league we've got 5 games left, which which in early March is almost amazing really. Um, obviously there is a lot of teams in it. Okay, Mousel, are absolutely flying, aren't they? Um, but Barnstable to Bridgie to Shepton all teams who are capable of putting like a really really strong run run together to end the season so for for us Ian it's just about finishing off our season and to focus on ourselves and to, to do our job and if that job takes us to winners or if it takes us to runners up third or whatever it takes us to where it takes us but all we can do is focus on ourselves and you know if that takes us to the title it does because I, I mean,
0: there is something to be said for you know, possession is nine tenths of the law, and I wonder whether actually you'd rather have the points on the board than the games in hand.
2: And um, I do agree, yeah. Um, and you know, Adam, again, it's always for me good to be in front than to be the chasing team because it is that you know element of pressure. But again, for Malzouz angle, as an example, who were just seemingly turning out. Victory after victory at the minute. So again, all we can do is worry, worry about ourselves and stay at stay at that top of the league for, for as long as we can. And if that continues until April, then then it'll be good for us.
0: I think you, you know you're right to call out Mousel's exceptional form. But for a long time, of yeah. course, you were fighting it out at the top of the table with Bridgewater, and you mentioned your wobble at um, at Christmas. Well, that their wobble has sort of lasted a bit longer than I think any of us thought it, it might. Um, so do you think that puts them out of the title race now?
2: Not at all. Um, if, if you look at their team, and and especially the players that they've got up front, they are a well-coached, a well-drilled team who have got you know individuals in that team who can help you. And they still have to play us. I think they've still got to play Shepton again. I think they still have to play Malzell again. So they are 100%, for me, a team who are capable of... Putting a run together, and you know, if that if that happens, then they are certainly certainly in the chance of coming to, you no know, top top two and winning the league.
0: Now, I mean, you, you, I think you're quite philosophical in your attitude about you know where you're going to finish um, this season. But I guess in one respect, off the field, it does have a big impact on whether you'll be playing Southern mm-hmm. League or Western League football next season. Uh, and I and I suppose for that reason, um, the news that the, the the merger talks between the Western League. And the southwest peninsula league the fact that that's broken down now um you know obviously means you're you know it's going to have a bearing on on what that could mean for saltash next season in the event that you're still in the league i mean what what's your reflection on that what would what what does the breakdown in that in that project mean for saltash and for you um,
2: um, for me and i've you know i've tried just to focus on ourselves and just to focus on focus on our season now um and i've always said that you know that for me as an individual as an individual and as and as a c- collective I, you know i would address um, intentions of myself and also our team in the summer um but for me i love our league you know it's such a competitive league every single team presents a new challenge and I think us ste- stepping up from the p- the peninsula, which was two years years ago now, was the best thing to, to happen to, to our club in years.
0: Well, let's talk about um, the football again. Um, hmm. you've, you mentioned earlier in the interview there's only five games left. That rather, I mean, it, you know, you sounded quite surprised. It was it was it was yeah. an even bigger surprise to me when I looked when I was researching this. Um, Um, This interview, in fact, probably the listeners are sat at home even more surprised that I bother researching these interviews, but I do. So you've got five games left and um, you've got Barnstable up um, next at home. And I guess um, with them having beaten you earlier in the season, you've got revenge in mind.
2: Well, again, I'm another team who will have aspirations to win the league or to at least come in that top, kind of, two. Um, You know, so earlier earlier on in the season, when we played them, we were in our wobble and it was a very tight-tight game and I'm under no, no illusion that it will be another tough game against a team who are awkward, who are strong and seemingly have a know-how of how to win a game. But again, you know, I say again and again and again, um, in our position, all we can do is... To, is to focus on ourselves, and I know that if we turn up and play to our potential, we are more than a match for anyone.
0: Well, that's certainly been the way that you've been playing your football this season, um, uh, uh, Danny. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Congratulations, because I think whatever you achieve this season, um, I think it, you know it's been a it's been a, a, a remarkable reflection upon yourself, upon your footballers and your football club. I think you've you know you've really made the title race at the top of the Premier Division, something to savour. Um, I know, obviously, you want to go on um, to bigger and better things, and, and, and it will be fascinating to see you on that journey. But, Danny, um, I hope we get a chance to speak again, um, because it will obviously mean um, that you've achieved um, um, that great um, feat of, of winning the league. But, um, you know, thank you very much um, for, for everything you've done to make the Western League so competitive this season.
2: I appreciate all your time, yeah. Thanks for the kind words as well. Thank you very much.
0: And my thanks to Danny for his time. Now, uh, one more game for us to talk about, Tom, in the Premier Division. And it was not two sides or even one side at the top of the table. It was two down towards the bottom, a basement battle between Sherbourne Town and Cabry Heath.
1: Yeah, and it was uh, Sherbourne to put a bit of distance between themselves and the bottom two following this one. A really, really important 2-1 win for them. They hadn't won in a while, I don't think, yeah, the Zebras. So to, to get across the finishing line would have been good. And it was a, a frantic four-minute spell uh, during the opening quarter, which saw all three of those goals uh, fly in. It was uh, Henry Lawrence Napier breaking deadlock after only 13 minutes for the hosts. Uh, Sherborne did then actually see their lead disappear pretty soon after. Uh, but fortunately for them, Anthony Heron uh, scoring another goal again very soon after um, responding really well and uh, that turned out to be the winner so all the scoring done in the opening 17 minutes and it was who, who held on to claim a yeah vital 2-1 victory at home to Cadbury Heath
0: If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money but do they have all the top brands you know DeWalt Makita, Einhell Stanley Myra Kudox Nest and Santex yeah they do Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. And now we take a look into the first division and we'll kick off with Hengrove Athletic. And they were in, well, imperious form against an Almondsbury side that is floundering at the wrong end of the table.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, they're finding it difficult at the moment. And Hangrove, yeah, t- t- took full advantage. A big 5-0 win uh, for them at home on Saturday afternoon. It was uh, a couple of goals uh, in either half. So Pete Shepherd and Alfie Hemings both scoring braces, both scoring in either half, as I say. And, uh, yeah, that was a yeah, good standout result for Hangrove. Good to see for them and a 5-0 win over the Almonds. Well, if that was a
0: comprehensive win, Tom, then our next game is really, <laughs> I mean, definitive. I think that's the only word we can use. Mm-hmm. Um Portis Head Town put to the sword by Brislington.
1: I mean, the the, the final score definitely an eight one win for the away side. they yeah, they continue to roll, don't they? But it was interestingly, the game was one all at half time. uh it was definitely a second half smash and grab and one man in particular. I think usually we sometimes try and um, try and avoid these big results because obviously uh, there is two sides to every story, but uh, yeah. I think uh, Brislington's George Jones would feel a bit harsh done by if we uh, ignored his feet this weekend. Uh, six goals for, for him in, in a, a big win. A hat double hat trick. A double hat trick indeed. Yeah, he was uh, definitely uh, the man of the, the moment on the weekend, wasn't he? And that is uh, some going. And uh, yeah, definitely, I would think, spearheading Brislington's 8 1 win. But as I say, 1 1 at half time. Uh, but then Jones striking uh, three times within the opening 10 minutes of the second half. So uh, came out firing after the break and uh, yeah, helped. Up this side to another gargantuan win. Now another high-flying side in the first division, of course,
0: is Nausy and Tickenham. They were away to a Radstock Town side that has been having a renaissance in 2023, but um, Nausy and Tickenham were the ones who kept their good form going. Tom.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This was um yeah. I think if you looked at sort of league positions, this probably wasn't one of Nausy's uh, most difficult games. Uh, but I think we know, as, as you just touched on there, the form guide uh, for, for Radstock definitely is uh, on an improving scale, let's say that. Definitely, they've turned things around, haven't they? And uh, it was only 2 0, uh, as it was in the uh, earlier meeting between these two sides, but Nelson and Ticklem coming out on, on top on both occasions. Uh, and that was, yeah, as I say, the same on Saturday Luke Osgood and Jordan Whittaker uh, both getting on the score sheet for the away side. So a 2 0 win for them over the miners. Now, another side that we've had recently on the podcast is Shire Hampton. They're
0: they're doing really well towards the top of the Premier Division in their first season, as, of course, are now Tickenham. They came across a Halland side that have been in and out of form. At the moment, they're in form, and that's how it continued on Saturday.
1: Yeah, three wins on the bounce. Uh, Another away win as well. So, yeah, real good. Good stuff from Helen, and it's uh, yeah, one man is definitely standing out at the moment in terms of the uh, yeah the attacking uh, part of the game anyway, and that's Elliot Gardner. Uh, he was at the forefront uh, again on Saturday, scored in both halves, uh, and there was also a penalty from uh, Ethan McMahon, uh Pretty soon after, Gardner's opening in fact. Uh, so yeah, fast start for them. I think there were two up within within sort of 15 minutes or so, uh, and then Gardner, as I say, wrapping things up 20 minutes from time. Putting them three goals up, uh, Shirehampton did grab a, a late consolation from Jordan Laraway, but it was a, a 3-1 win for Helen uh, away at Shirehampton.
0: So another good win um, for Helen and um, this time it was at high-flying Shirehampton. I asked Stuart Jones, the manager of Helen for his thoughts on the game.
3: Yeah, it was a good result on a messy day, to be to be brutally honest. Um we got them early. Um they're they're decent shire. I think they've surprised a few people this year and they got like goals everywhere, do you know what I mean? With their with their front two lads. So yeah, we were quite happy with that.
0: Um so that's three wins in a row and um some much needed consistency in, in what I think it would be fair to say has been a pretty inconsistent season for you.
3: Yeah, we've had um we've had to change of personnel a few times, um, and it's not all been sunshine and roses I got a you know, saying that I did a week and things weren't going well and the same was if you can't change the people change the people and we had to do that and I told them as well and, and going back a few weeks ago we had a really really um, we, we had porters out of and the game got postponed for one or two reasons and I was looking around the dressing room. I was like wow we've got a hell of a squad here and then three weeks later we went to Gillingham and we had one sub who had to come on after ten minutes I don't think I'm the only one that's moaning about this availability sort of scenario, but it is
0: what it is. Because obviously, the, the standout result um, re- recently was that was that result that you well, was, you weren't. It wasn't a result for you, but the game against Bristol Telephones. I mean, that was that was pretty. You know, that must have been a must have been a bit of a low for you.
3: Ah, uh, yeah, that was embarrassing for a few people. I think I got to take a, a bit of responsibility. We didn't have. Um, one or two available. We, we took a mass, a massive knock to our keeper, who's going to be out for the season. Leading up to that game at Gillingham, um, which was disappointing. Um, we learned to a keeper out, hoping to get him back, but that didn't get done for one or two reasons. So we had a young lad in goal. We had a few little judgment errors by myself. I changed it around a bit, and I shouldn't have. And to be honest. Once they went 2-0 up, the game was over there and then we we did a bit like scoring to be honest.
2: But
0: obviously you put that behind you and that must be very um, pleasing. Um, You're 10th at the moment in the table. Uh, Is that a reasonable reflection on your season so far?
3: Um, I think it would be a fair reflection. I don't think it's a reflection that I wanted or the club wanted. And I must add, Richard... Um, the vice chairman and the chairman have been really, really supportive and, and very accommodating, but I don't think that was what we were expecting for our season. Um, but, they, they say the league do not lie. Sometimes it does, but I don't think it does in our in our uh, in our case, to be honest.
0: So I take it that you're, as far as the rest of the season's concerned, you're looking up rather than down.
3: Uh, yeah, I want to finish as high as we possibly can. You um, still want to compete, do you know what I mean? And going back about five games ago, or leading up to when we had Almondbury at home, I thought we might be able to push, put a late surge in, or, or, or cause a bit of damage, especially especially with what the rumours about the, the merger and stuff going on. I just wanted to chuck our hat in a mix. Obviously now that's gone. Um I still want to finish as hard as we can with a view with a view to next year people sort of looking at us and, and thinking we might be able to do something and obviously keeping players now. Now let's be fair, if you give me my squad now, next season, I would be over the moon. That the likelihood of that is probably not gonna happen and I get it. But it's just difficult it to, to to plan ahead me thinking that if we finish high that might give us a, a better chance of getting keeping the players and getting one or two extra in is my thought process
0: Do you think that the First Division has proved a bit stronger than you thought it was going to this season?
3: It was always going to be strong with the amount of Bristol teams in it that makes it difficult it makes it stronger and also you've got to, um, there's a lot of Bristol teams or close to Bristol teams that are playing in uh, divisions above or laterally in the Hellenic League which they can all dual reg for so midweek games is throwing dice who you're going to be up against and planning and if if a local team in the Southern League is played on a Friday or a Saturday, and you just don't know if you're going to be facing one or two of them players so in answer to your question it was always going to be difficult being in Bristol makes it double difficult
0: um, if you look at the sort of sides you've come up against this season so far, which teams have impressed you the most?
3: Braves were good. The Galacticos were good when we played them in the first game of the season. We um, we were doing all right against them. And then, I don't know if I should say it, but I'm going to... They brought on two subs who scored. We brought on two subs and conceded. And then at the same time, we had a man, uh, Simbind. Um, but they were well worthy of their win, I can't deny now I was in Tickenham, where I wouldn't say they surprised me. Um, we we lost to them 4-0. In the first half, it was 0-0, and we were really good. And um, I told a few lies at half-time, saying how bad they are. Like, we're better than you. These Things are rubbish. Next year, we lost 4-0. So, but you've got to tell these lies at half-time sometimes to give to give um, your players a bit of a, a kick. But it worked in the opposite opposite um end for us, but no, they were good Now I was in six wells are dogged. And we haven't played all of them since the beginning of the season.
0: Now you mentioned the the merger um just now and I know that you're a manager who has ambitions to manage certainly above the, the first division level. So what you know, what what do you think the collapse of the merger means for a side like Hallen?
3: Well we're in a division that we don't want to be in for a start, regardless of all the the people don't want to travel and stuff like that. Um, I think we've got to look at it from, a, from the players' um, perspective. Like some players want to work on the morning and stuff like that. So traveling from Bristol to Plymouth or whatever—that that's a slog. You know, we at Bishop's Lidyard on Bank Holiday Monday, um, early on in the season, away in the summer, and I think it took us five hours to get home. Blimey uh, Yeah So And and I was driving a bus While everybody else Was drinking Lurga Which wasn't fun But the, the, I don't think it's great I think the FA should have stepped in That's my personal opinion I might be wrong But that's what I think um, And I think We need to look at it From a players aspect Because It could cause A few more difficult Saturdays For managers And volunteers Like myself When players are late For the bus Or the don't want to drive down and, and things like that so I don't I think the FA could have done a little bit if I'm being honest and I thought I listened to John Paul's interview with you and he sounded exhausted Without the poor chap.
0: I mean people who don't know you as well as I do Stu um, may not know that you were a professional footballer uh, you know as such of course when you're playing in the professional leagues of course travel is a you know is an occupational hazard so I guess you understand travel from Pretty much every direction. One that you know it, it is a it is a requirement, particularly if you're playing at the highest level of the game. But also as a manager now, you know at the bottom of the pyramid, um, it, you understand the 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 way that perhaps modern footballers or the footballers that you're now dealing with, as opposed to the professionals, the, the work life balance that they have to make in playing the game at our level. <laughs>
3: Well, in my my four-time days, an away day was lovely, especially if you had kids, because it meant that you were staying somewhere overnight, you could get a bit of rest, you were messing around with 20 other blokes playing cards or having a knockout ginger and stuff like that, and you didn't have to wake up to kids, so that was a blessing. Whereas nowadays, the poor guys who work on a Saturday morning, they they turn up like they need a shower before they put their kit on. you know what I mean and that's the way that's the the way it is so I feel sorry for the players imagine working six hours in the morning rushing to go and get a kit on and then playing and then getting telling off because you've been rubbish like it's it's difficult with with all the travel I think so I I feel sorry for the players but it is what it is Southern League guys and all the other top tiers they sort of get on with it I don't know if that's a mentality thing or a lifestyle change I, I don't know
0: I mean do you think if you if you go back to the days when you were playing do you think that there are do you think that there is an issue with the, the sort of the player pool the availability of players um, that you know that perhaps didn't exist 20 years ago
3: it's a different um, conversation or it's a different side of it because you're ex- when you're a full-time footballer you're expected to travel it's part and parcel do you know what I mean and you get these luxury coaches and chefs on board and, and stuff like that. You get the apprentices that you can take a mick out of for a few hours and stuff like that. Whereas the, the lads that have got to work, they got to rush around. Some of them have got a demanding girlfriend, or more of them have got more demanding girlfriends than others. Um, they got to deal with babysitters, which is a conversation we've had. The, the car's broke down, they're waiting for somebody to get there that's late running for work. It's, it's completely different I just I feel sorry for them as well I feel sorry for them the ones that aren't um, paying us or getting as much money as others that need to work on a Saturday for whatever reason there's a lot a lot that goes into this travelling this case you know like I was helping I was doing a bit of coaching with Dave at Bridgewater going back a season ago um, and that was taking me an hour and a quarter getting a Bridgewater some nights and I was like, crikey, that is that is a slog." Do you know what I mean? And some of these teams got to go past that. Yeah.
0: Look, let, let's talk about something that's more um, cheerful. Let's talk about Almondsbury. They're up at, uh, for you for you at the weekend. Um, and if you look at where they are in the table, I guess this is a good opportunity for you to build on that on that positive run of results you've been having.
3: Um. Yeah. It would. Um, I'm not surprised with the positive result. I, am I? I don't know. Um, the team showed me something that I didn't think we had the other week when we played Boca. We were two 0 down at half time. Um, a couple of players told some other players some home truths, which was always pleasing to see because when the group self police, then you know you're you're moving in the right direction. So some home truths were told by me as well, and we ended up coming back. Three, two, which is the first time the team's done that since I walked in the door here so that was a pleasing thing um, I'm not surprised we picked up because we've, we've been running like hard, unadulterated running and when we run we're going to be decent, we've got some really really good footballers um, and hard working talent together, that's a good mix sometimes we haven't done either Sometimes we haven't been talented, sometimes we haven't worked hard. And those are the games, i.e. the telephones, you get, you get a chase in. So hopefully everybody's looking forward to Saturday. we got one or two little bits of bad news in and around the club. So hopefully we can put some Saturday night feelings into some of the volunteers and pick up another win.
0: Um Stu, you mentioned there that there have been some um difficult things going on at the club recently. I did notice from your social media feed that um a crowdfunding page has been set up to support Richard Nelms and his family while he's going through cancer treatment. That obviously must be a um uh, it must be a very difficult time um reflecting on uh, on a, on a tragedy like that.
3: Yeah, he's been a part of the club for a very, very long time, Um, I'm led to believe. I've seen him walking around up there. He does um, one of the kids' teams as well, and obviously he's very, um, I think he was a manager or he might have been assistant manager at the time and playing, so yeah, it's it's obviously a sad time for a lot of people. We've had, um, he's one of two little things going on at the club, but thankfully some people are doing some good deeds. Um, The players have all contributed some have put two weeks wages in and, and stuff like that but um, we're all supporting the, the cause and hoping that it all works out for the best really
0: um, where can the listeners um, find that um, uh, funding page if they want to make a donation
3: so there's a GoFundMe page on the Helen um, Twitter feed um, for Just Giving I think um, the old manager Paul Owen is. Started it or forest as he's known. Um, it's been retweeted out there a few times to be honest. So obviously, any support or any anything what anybody can give is greatly appreciated by the, on behalf of the football club and uh, Richard and his family.
0: And my thanks to Stu for his time. Now, one last game is between Wincanton Town, of course, perennially a side that have been very competitive in the first division, and Well City, a side that are going very, very, very well in the first division this year. A five-goal thriller, Tom. But can you tell the <laughs> listeners which side was at the races?
1: <laughs> unfortunately for Wincanton, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't them. Yeah, uh, in the in the uh, final. Final proceedings. It was uh, Wales who ran out 3-2 victors. But yeah, real, real entertaining game. Uh, Wales did go behind uh, pretty early on, but then uh, managed to get a get an equaliser towards the end of the first half. Uh, Adam Wright scoring. Uh, he's having a, another good season, isn't he? A free kick from him made it one apiece. Uh, he then, uh, yes, uh, Harry Warwick then who uh, who scored. Uh, to put them 2-1 up, uh, but and uh, yeah, having them been pegged back by their hosts, it was Warwick again, uh, decided in the destination of the, the three points, he scored the crucial fifth goal, and it was Wales who ran out 3-2 winners. Excellent stuff. We'll now take a look ahead to the fixtures that
0: are going to be played on Saturday the 18th of March, and looking into the Premier Division, Tom, which
1: game catches your eye? Oh, I've uh, plumped for Shepton Mallet against Mousel this weekend. Obviously, i touched on Mousel's 14-game win streak. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Shepton themselves. Uh, they've only lost twice at home all season. So, uh, yeah, they'll be uh, a tough nut to crack. I think those two two home losses, uh, Bridgewater in the league, definitely to be sniffed at, and also Mousel in the Vars, in, uh, interestingly enough. So uh, they go there again, having uh, having won at the same venue earlier this season. But Shepton uh, definitely won't be any, any pushovers, I wouldn't have thought.
0: Well, I'm going to be looking... Um, in a different part of the table Um, Mm. I think um, one of the things that I always look for in a game is the competitive nature between the two sides and I think if you look at Canesham Town against Ilfracombe Town these are two sides that will be targeting this game for a win, I think always that makes for a really competitive game, of course Canesham we know wanting to improve upon their league position, I'm sure Ilfracombe will want to be doing better as well that's why I think this game's got a really competitive element to it. I think it's going to be a really great game where both sides go for it. So um, that's where I'm going to be looking in the Premier Division on Saturday. Uh, what about in the First Division, Tom? What games caught your eye there?
1: I've gone for the tops. Uh, the tops are, well, Brislington, uh, hosting Longwell Green. Uh, yeah, I think the other, the other two title rivals have got pretty pretty difficult games away from home, potentially, so... Uh, for Brislington obviously banging form, scoring all the goals. If they can, yeah, pick up another three points, they might start to, uh, might start to pull away a little bit. So, uh, obviously, they're the uh, the team streaking at the moment, and I think, yeah, uh, yeah, Longwell Gringo go there uh, with probably nothing much to lose, and uh, yeah, could be could be an interesting see if they can, see if they can slow down the uh, the Express, the Juggernaut. Mm. Yeah. Um,
0: now I'm going to go for FC Bristol. And we know that they've got some really good players at FC Bristol. They're playing Wincanton Town. Of course, Wincanton, I'm sure, will want to turn around that reverse from Saturday. When we talk about the first division, we always talk about anybody can beat anybody on their day. Well, FC Bristol and Wincanton are the epitome of those two sides. So it'll be fascinating to see which one of these comes out winners. Knowing my luck, it will probably be a draw. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, right, Tom, let's talk about the league tables because we've had a little bit of movement. There's a lot going on, isn't it? It's very interesting now. Can you take us through the runners and
1: riders in the Premier Division? It'd be been my pleasure, yeah. Uh, so we have Sol Tash, who you've uh, spoken to during this pod. Uh, they sit top of the league, uh, 31 games played. They've won 22 of those, and they are on 72 points. So they are the teams pass. 70 at the moment, I'd say. Uh, so then we've got Mausel, the uh, the win streak uh, at the moment, going strong, 14 on the bounce. Uh, they sit two in second, uh, sorry, uh, 28 games played, so three in hand uh, on Saltash, and they're three points behind on 69 points. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, time for them to, to catch and overtake, of course, with the, the games in hand and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, that's the top two. Uh, you've then got a little bit of a gap that has built up to, to Bridgewater, who have not had a terrific spell let's put it that way they're still um, <laughs> still one of the top sides in the, in the division as we well know and uh, yeah certainly back back to back to winning ways in the weekend but uh, they sit for 29 games played and they're on 60 points so only only 12 off the top of a couple in hand so um they're definitely not out of this uh this title race uh, and then there's a couple more sides that have uh, beaten the 50 point uh, mark and that's buckland who sit fourth uh, they're on 56 points from their 30 games and then Barnstaple, 54 points from their 27th. So they've got games now on everybody above them. So, uh, yeah, definitely plenty to play for over the final, uh, final knockings.
0: And if we look at the bottom of the Premier Division table, then really every focus is on 19th position. Because, of course, with Bitten having resigned from the league... Uh, They are effectively our 20th side. So if two teams are relegated by the Football Association from the Premier Division, then the 19th team will be the one. And at the moment, that's Keynesham Town. They've played 29 games. They've got 12 points. Uh, Above them in 18th is Cadbury Heath. They've played 27 games, so that's two fewer. They've got 14 points. And then there is a very large difference. It's a nine-point difference between Cadbury Heath and Sherbourne. So realistically speaking... Really, we're looking for a battle between Cadbury Heath and Kensham Town for that um, for that bottom spot in the Premier Division. Um, Tom, if we take a look at the top of the First Division, am I right in thinking we have new league mm. leaders?
1: We do. They're, uh, their win streak, uh, they're, uh, yeah, scoring eight every week is going to help, isn't it? But uh, mm. yeah, Brisington are finally, finally <laughs> top. Uh, 33 games they've played. Uh, they've won 28 of those, so that is an incredible record. Uh, and they're on 86 points with a goal difference of 76 which uh, yeah plenty uh, it's um yeah it's looking pretty ominous for the rest i must say what was looking like a title race potentially could soon be over if uh, if brislington just keep winning which they seem to be doing uh, but uh nails in ticking them in second definitely won't give up to give up the chase we know that 35 games played so a couple more than brislington uh, they've won 26 with a goal difference of 67 and they're on 82 points so four behind uh, and then you've got Wells, who are the other side that we, we still think are uh, title challengers. 33 games played, so the same as Bridlington, and they're on 80 points. So there's only six off the top. So, um, yeah, definitely still in those three uh, continue to to lead the charge at the top. It does look like Bridlington might have stolen a bit of a march, but um, they, you never know. They could drop out of form. Uh, it's looking unlikely at the moment, but those three teams are the ones to beat. He's then got Oldland Abertonians having a terrific season themselves. 33 games, played 70 points, uh, 21 wins. And uh, another side with a really good goal difference. It's a good good indicator of how things have been for them so far this year. So uh, that's that's the top four.
0: And if we look at the teams um, towards the bottom of the table, Bishop's Lydia, they are in 22nd place. They've got 25 points, one point above them. Is Almondsbury, but Almondsbury have, have played four games more than Bishop's Lydiard. They've played 36. Titherington Rocks, they're in 20th. They've got twenty-nine points. Three points above Almondsbury, and they've played one game fewer on twenty-five. Then we've got three teams immediately above Titherington in um seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. They've all played 34. They are spread out by five points. Cheddar in nineteenth played 34. 30 points radstock town in 18th they've played 34 they have got 32 points and above them it's gillingham town they've played 34 they've got 35 points that's in 17th so that's the the bottom of the first division uh tom thank you so much for your time as always Pleasure. and um we have of course been reviewing your excellent bulletin all of the facts and figures all of the statistics and more Mm. are in there that that, you know that we have been talking about on this week's edition of the podcast where can the listeners find that
1: yeah indeed that's on the uh, toolstationleague.com that's on the official site if you get to the home page and then scroll down about halfway there's a uh, there's quite a a big part that shows bulletin podcast and images so it sits in that little little part there and if you click on that then you get the latest edition so that comes out every week so that's on the uh, toolstationleague.com website Excellent. Tom, thank you so much for your time and I look forward to catching up with you
0: on next week's Tool Station Western League Podcast.